Listeners, you're listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil. But first, we'll talk about some recently watched, which we will try to not spoil. Um, We thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find their music on Amazon or Apple Music, where you could buy it digitally, or say hello to them on Facebook, where they are, the Moon-Rays. And we are chewing the scenery on uh, Instagram. We're going to stay off of Twitter, right? Yes. We don't really need that. Um, Is that a thing anymore? No, not really. Like crashed and burned. That's what I heard. About two days. Yeah. So uh, we're not professional critics. We're just your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolian. Buongiorno. So guys, um, we're past Halloween. Yep. Although... The Wendy's I went to mm-hmm. still had their decorations up. Mm. Nice. I'd like to think they'd keep them up all year and we could call it the Haunted Wendy's. I love that. Hello, Wendy's. Hello, Wendy's. Hello, Wendy's. I like it. Hello, Wendigos. 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 Wait, mm. At least you know what's on the menu. Yeah. yeah. So, um, recent- if not who. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I just took the decorations down yesterday, day before. I don't know, but it was recent. I was in no hurry. You know, Santa comes, you know, sticking his fat ass in, you know, before Halloween's even two, three weeks out. Yeah. It's like, uh, maybe we should just say, you know what, we're going to take our time. I took him down in September. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Just to get it out of the way. Yeah. So, uh... You guys are familiar with the the Denver tradition of leaving the Christmas lights up through January? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Change the colors. <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> no. Uh, my understanding is because the stock show would bring people in from all over the country... Yes. That... Uh, yeah, they just leave the lights up. Th- yeah, they would, they would miss maybe enjoying Christmas in their hometowns, so we would leave the lights up through the middle of January so they could enjoy them while they drive around. I don't know, man. Our drunk asses are too lazy to do it. <laughs> That's what it About is. About the middle of January is when I'll get those down, if not March. Uh, I was in Florida. If I was mayor, you'd get a fine. <laughs> That's After the 6th of January, <laughs> that's it. You're going to jail. 12th night. Yep. <laughs> you know what you're doing the next day. You're taking lights down. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have like a posse riding around. Well, you have codes enforcement driving around. Which I always thought would be a great job till that codes enforcement officer got shot. Oh, God. <laughs> and then I was like, maybe not. Yeah, it would be terrible. Yeah, if you could just, like, take a staple gun and staple the ticket to their front door. It's usually what they do. Yeah, and then just run like hell. 
Yeah. You usually wait till they're at work. <laughs> right. Yeah. You don't want the confrontation. But uh, in Las Cruces, we'd see the the codes guy and their pickup sitting around and like 10 in the morning eating a breakfast burrito. Like, that looks like a great job. Smoking weed on the job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who's going to bust him? Yeah, nobody's going to bust you. And if you didn't actually encounter any weeds, great. Mm-hmm. You know, you sat there all day or you went fishing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Be a perfect job. <laughs> sounds good. There's got to be some horror movies based on uh, people who who try to do law enforcement and end up uh, having it backfire on them. Yeah. It's got to be some stuff like that. Yeah, you could have a whole codes, you know, they go... It's a messy house. Mm-hmm. You can go inside. There's something there. They knock on the door repeatedly. They get ready to leave. Somebody yanks them inside. Yeah. Cold open. That's how the movie starts. So rather than... Um, That's how the movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Nightmare on Elm Street kind of ends, right? Yeah. <laughs> so rather than make up our own better movies, let's talk about some movies we have watched. Okay. What do you got? Uh, I've watched no movies this week. None? But I did watch two Hulu television series. Yeah? Hulu series? What the hell would you call that? Yeah. Um, Hulu Originals. That's it. Uh, I watched um, Reboot. How is it? It's better than the original. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Uh, It's pretty good. I wouldn't say it's the best thing I've seen. But it's got enough jokes per episode that land that you you uh, you keep watching it. And it's only like eight episodes, so. What is it? Drama? No, it is a comedy about a uh, comedy or a sitcom that was on in the early 2000s. And terrible sitcom. One of those like just broad bottom of the barrel kind of things that would be on the CW or something. Uh, the premise of the show was, uh, I guess the stepdad and the dad, the dad still lives at home and the stepdad's moved in. And so there's this weird dynamic there Mm. and they have a really cute, awful cousin, Oliver, no, a child. Oh, okay. Um, and so they've rebooted the show, and the person rebooting the show was the original writer's daughter who was abandoned, so she's got all these issues, <laughs> and she's made the sitcom really kind of dark, but uh, meaningful in a way, and everybody's taken with the script, and then they bring in the original creator, her dad, and he's just like broad, terrible humor still, so they have to fight to kind of get the show to work and Mm. i don't know it was interesting enough i enjoyed it um and then i watched one called um oh not a comedy um the patient which Mm. could almost be a horror movie i've not finished it um steve carell uh, oh yeah yeah yeah. okay yeah he plays a psychologist and uh he's kidnapped by a patient and held in the basement or the lower level of the split floor house he lives in. Um, turns out he's a serial killer who does not want to kill people. Um, and so he's he's kidnapped his uh, doctor because he 
He's afraid that if he actually tells the doctor what he's doing uh, in the sessions, um, the doctor will go to the cops. So he figures he could kidnap him, hold him, and make him help him. Um, it's pretty good. Now, I've seen previews on both of those things, and they both look great. Yeah, I mean, that's why I watched it. Yeah. I very rarely see one that, I mean, they don't purposely make them look bad, do they? No. They make bad things look like they're going to be good all the time. I have to uh, interject here before I forget. Um, I think I owe an apology to Rob Zombie. I watched an original episode of The Munsters before Mm -hmm. I came over here. He got it right. <laughs> it was dead on. It was the worst thing I've seen. Uh, it was awful. <laughs> it's yeah, it's not great. Uh, that's the thing is I've pe- watched a couple Adams families recently. They're okay. Yeah. Um I like the chemistry of the couple. The couple oh, that's yeah. the best part, you know. Um their humor's a little more skewed, I think. The monsters is a lot. It's just uh, it's just goofy. Goofy, yeah. I think we said that in the episode. You know, he's it's not like he's you know, if he, he's he be making a great job of remaking the monsters and, and getting it right, and it would be bad because the original monsters was not good. No, it's terrible, it's awful, awful show. And it can it can be comfortable for people who grew up with it. You know, it's like if you thought it was good when you were five or six, uh-huh. yes, and then you remember it well, that's cool. I mean, you know, and if you can go back and watch it again and be like, oh, you know what, that's fine. It, I, I get the warm fuzzies when I watch it or whatever. Okay. But don't expect the rest of the world to think this is, you know, this is great drama and high art. It's just not. No. Why watch that when you can watch Barbarian? <laughs> you know, there is that for sure. So that's it for me because I've just, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Jolien? Did, did either of you watch Dark Glasses? No, not I have not yet. watched it yet. I uh, figure we're probably going to do an episode on it. Okay. That's my guess. All know. right. I shall leave that one in. Well, you can say uh, stuff that doesn't spoil it. <laughs> you <laughs> can't. Unless everything you say will spoil it. It's all spoilers. <laughs> well, there's these Dark Glasses. And the wearer gets possessed by them. <laughs> That's going to sound like I saw the movie. No, it just makes it look uh, shadier outside. Oh. Yeah. All right, I'll I'll leave that one out. Um because it's uh are you doing a November at all? Obviously not. No, I should. I thought I'd uh lean into the giallo, do a giallo <laughs> I like it. I'm I'm waiting till uh uh my roommate goes out of town for Christmas and I'm going to watch nothing but horror movies and eat Indian food. That's going to be my oh, Christmas. Can I come over and stay with you? Yes, if you want. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Big giant TV that's like 75 inch TV. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's all I'm going to do for eight days. <laughs> wow. That's like getting COVID bliss. It is going to be awesome. <laughs> you know what you should do is redecorate the place while he's gone. I'm going to definitely dust the place. Yeah. Hope he's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he has. His ears are full of dust. He won't know he what you're was, saying. Oh, he was so shocked when he first listened to this show. And he's like, you said the F word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you say that? I was like, I did. He thought we were through the radio. So Free market? Yeah. I'm like, Free market? Yeah, it's a real F word. <laughs> right. What else, Jolian? All right. I'll, I'll do my uh, 
Jello watches. I watched an actual noir called uh, The Red House. Have you seen that one? Yes. With uh, Edward G. Robinson beating himself up again. (laughs) (laughs) This is like a rural noir. Yeah. It's really good, isn't it? It's a good one, yeah. So he's like this uh, farmer and he's got He's got this uh, girl he's taken in, and because uh, her parents died somehow, he's got a wooden leg. We don't know what it's <laughs> why. Uh, he's living with his sister. We're not sure why. And then there's this uh, the 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 spunky young guy from the her high the daughter's high school, the stepdaughter's high school. Uh, he's brought in to help out because you know, he has to, yeah he has you know take care of all these guys that this guy with a wooden leg can't deal with. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's got really nice uh, soundtrack by Mikolas Roja, including a theremin, always, always good. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and and he keeps, the, the Edward G. Robinson character keeps telling everyone not to go in the Oxhead woods. You can't go, can't take the shortcut through the woods, don't go in there. There's stories about a red house. Uh, you don't want to know. Don't go in there. Uh, really insistent about it. So, of course, everyone goes through the, <laughs> yeah. the woods and terrible things happen. It gets really dark. Hmm. Oh, yeah, right. it's a good one. Yeah. I think I'll, I'll rewatch it. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, all right. Uh, Jello. I saw the nuttiest Jello I've ever seen. Is that possible? <laughs> I wanted to... I watched this and I thought... I've got to tell Will to watch this because I've got to make sure that I actually saw this. All right. Okay. <laughs> so you think you imagined it. I'm excited. All right. I'll get to that one. Um, so I saw uh, Dilito allo Specchio, which is uh, from 1963. So not all the tropes are quite in place. Um, it means um, crime in the mirror. But of course, it's got lots of titles. So yeah. uh, death, on the four, four, death on the Four poster. Hmm. And sexy party. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, that's all the same thing. That's no, yeah. It's describing the same thing clearly. Uh, once, last one's just lazy. <laughs> well, there's like half a dozen Italian movies in 1963 called Sexy Something, right. because like the uh, the Mondo movies had just started up. Yeah. So they had all these ones which were leaning on to, on the sex theme, and so there's like sexy probtissimo and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So lots of movies called Sexy Something. Anyway, uh, this is a whodunit jello where uh, it may not have been done as far as who knows. <laughs> hmm. um, got John Drew Barrymore. He turns up at a party at a castle and he makes a dire psychic pro- prophecy and then he leaves. But not before they play his uh, record. He's, he's got this 45 with him called Sexy Party. <laughs> so they stick it on and they all have a dance to it and you hear the whole, the whole darn thing. Oh, excellent. Um, uh, there is a bottle of J&B. Okay. So that one's okay. There. First trope. Um, pretty dull, though. Um, I was interested in the murals around the castle. It's like this, this old place up, up on a hill, but it's, they've got these like modern art murals. There's like Picasso's bullfight and mm. stuff like that. Wow. So it's, uh, you know, it looks good and everyone looks good and stylish. And, yeah. yeah. Um, I watched uh, The Fox with a Velvet Tail. Ah, good, good name for a title. 1971. Um, this is a Spanish-Italian one, uh, directed by Jose Maria Fouquet. It's filmed on the Côte d'Azur. It's a beautiful location. It's this like terraced villa with gardens oh. going down to the beach. It's gorgeous. Beautiful photography. Everyone looks gorgeous and 
decked out in the threads. It's amazing. So I was like enjoying it. Everything was you know fine about it and enjoyable. And about halfway through, there's this twist, and it went up a few notches. It's so good. Oh, okay. Yeah, it really changed the game on what was going on. Um, yeah, highly recommend. Fox it. with the velvet tail. Fox with the velvet tail. Um, Mondo Macabro put it out on Blu-ray. Oh, cool! So and it's been restored. Yep, looks really good. Really good. That's always the best. Yeah, she's she's got this. Uh, I I you know if, if nowhere else I'd like to live in the, her uh, art workshop. She's you know the uh, the lead um, character played by uh, Analia Gade. Um, she does ceramic art, so she's got her own studio, and it's out on this like promontory, and it's like overlooking the sea, and it's, oh, it's lovely. It sounds really nice. <laughs> and she uses her art in a very important way in the movie. Ooh, as a murder weapon. There is no fox in it, <clears throat> or velvet tail, as far as I can tell. But you, could, mm, yeah, you could have guessed that. One goes with the other. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. I like it. Here we go. This is this film is called Mania. 1974 this was a film which was withdrawn very hard to see then it popped up on youtube with subs like uh, just this year i think oh and people are going like nuts about it because it's so crazy hmm. um this is directed by renato porcelli under the name of ralph brown um he's the director of the vampire and the ballerina and the vampire of the opera hmm. <laughs> okay branching out there yeah all right um so Lisa and Lilo are driving to the site of her trauma while being pursued by a car with no occupants. Lisa's ex, Professor Brecht, um, has a machine with which he, uh, quote, managed to stop a bee in midair, but the machine blows up and Brecht is apparently killed. Lisa had been having an affair with Brecht's twin brother, Germano, and when Brecht found out, he tried to suffocate his assistant, Arena, with a plastic bag which left Irina mute and deaf and unable to wear trousers. Lisa arrives at the villa, despite her fear, which, quote, may cause her brain to explode. This covers the first six minutes. Oh, shit! <laughs> the ghost of, ghost of Crispy Brecht starts appearing, and the disfigured Germano attacks Lilo and Irina with his wheelchair. Uh, a voice lures Lisa upstairs, and she's attacked by a net full of eels. Uh, oh, yeah, and there's, there's this woman named Katya who gets electrocuted by a phone and then assaulted with a light bulb. And she also loses her trousers. Huh. Wow. I'm not telling you the whole plot here. <laughs> and what is this called again? Mania. Mania. Okay, 1974. Yeah, Mania. I'll send you a link if you like. It's, yes, please. It definitely makes your brain explode. All right. <laughs> Ooh. Anyway. I'm excited. I'll leave it there. All right. Well, um, since last time I watched fewer horror movies, but I did get a couple in. Um, have have either of you talked about having seen the Belco experiment? Yeah, it's one of the office workers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought. I saw that. As I was watching it, I thought, I think Jolien talked about this one as I recently watched at one point in time. I watched that one. That was really interesting. This is a 2016 movie. Oh, I uh, don't like old movies. Yeah, I like new stuff too, but... <laughs> if it's pre-COVID, I don't care for it. Yeah, they were uninformed. Uh-huh. This one is about a uh, 
a bunch of office workers who are in Colombia, and some suspicious-looking activity is happening around with some different security team that appears to have shown up. And all of a sudden, these metal shutters go up. Everyone's locked into the building. Their communications don't work, whether it's a cell phone or an office phone. And there's an announcement on the PA that basically tells them that uh, they need to start killing each other or they're just going to get killed themselves. You know, they're, they're, they're going to need a quota killed. And then uh, the killing does start happening. I'm not going to say by whom or how, because that would be a spoiler. But uh, this one is good suspense, good gore. That is, you know, yeah, something you would hope would happen in a movie with that sort of a premise. And, uh, you always want good gore. Yeah. Now, if, <laughs> or I guess really, really bad gore. Yeah. You don't want mediocre no, gore. No, you don't want anything in between. <laughs> a little bit of blood splatter. Yeah, CG no. stuff. No, there. no, definitely not CG. You want that <laughs> stuff everywhere. <laughs> yeah. This has a pretty good cast. Um, John C. McGinley being in anything automatically, you know, gets me engaged in it. But, uh, oh God, what's this? What's the actor's name that, um, did either one of you watch, um, Silicon Valley? Yes. Uh, Big Head. The, the, the kid they call Big Head? Yes. Bigetti is his name, but his yes. nickname is... Yes, who ends up, well, I won't spoil it. The show. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see if I can He's find... He's a good character because he just constantly fails upward. Yeah, well, that's, failing upward is sort of the whole theme of Silicon Valley, isn't it? Yeah. The main character, Richard, keeps failing upward... Uh, but every time he's about to get it right, he screws himself. Uh huh. Like at literally every turn. Uh, this one also has Michael Rooker in it and he's always good in everything he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, whether the things he's in are good or not. Very nice guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. You've, you've met him. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, uh, been in proximity to him and he seemed like a really cool dude. Um, he really does make the rounds with the conventions. Anyway, big you head. made it sound like you were outside his house or something. I was peeking I've in been the in his proximity. <laughs> From what I could see of him, he was very nice. <laughs> he, was, he seemed pleasant in his house. Through the hedge between the Venetian blinds. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful body. I was, I was listening to him showering. He has a beautiful singing voice. Now he was visiting with a, a, some booth neighbors of mine at a show. So are there enough of these uh, office workers slaughtering each other movies to make it a subgenre now? I think, well, I, I, two or more, right? And we have... Like Severance. Severance. I saw that one. So there was a British comic comedy called Severance, mm-hmm. where they go out for a like team trust building thing. Yeah, that's one I watched. Killing each other. But there's there's a more recent one, which is the one with awesome. Stephen Yun. Um, what was that one called? Uh, damn it. Uh, here, hold on. I'll look it up here while we're talking. But yeah, I believe that could be a subgenre now. Yeah. Yeah. So I blame the office. Booth exploitation. Because they were like, <laughs> I hate all these characters on the office. I want to kill them. <laughs> so, sorry, there'd be cube cube exploitation. Cube exploitation. I like that. Mayhem. Mayhem. Oh, yeah. Which is a 2017 movie. Uh, that one was very interesting. And Steven Yeun is really good in that one. So, uh, yeah, so that's a good, good subgenre. You know, let's keep that going because if you've ever worked in cubicle land, you, you've thought about what it would be like to watch them kill each other. I'm not going to say anything about me wanting to kill anyone because that wouldn't be true. Wink, wink. But 
if you've watched Office Space, um, the really obnoxious lady that does that sing-songy voice thing when she's answering the phone, uh-huh. I had a lady just like her as a booth neighbor, a cubicle neighbor. Uh, it was terrible. Man. Yeah. I could I could tell you stories, but I'm not going to do that here. They listen to right-wing news all day, and you can hear it. <sighs> uh, luckily, we had to wear headphones when listening to anything. Luckily, I had gotten deaf and blind after someone put a plastic bag over my head. <laughs> but I also lost my trousers. <laughs> Such a common occurrence. That's right. But that's city life for you. Um, the other one I watched was... Uh, an episode of Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet oh, of Curiosities. Oh, I want to watch that. Yeah, um, Pickman's Model is the one I watched. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you do, do a good job? I thought so, yeah. I mean, it's been a long time since I've read the story. Uh, it it gets really weird and, of course, goopy. Um, it, there's, there's a lot going on that, again, I can't say whether it was elaborated on or if it was just added on. <laughs> But there's a lot going on in this one. And, uh, man, what a hellscape that uh, Lovecraft created. It's just really weird. Uh, it's well done. And best I could tell, if, if the rest of the episodes are like the one I watched, um, it's an eight-episode season. I've seen one. Maybe the rest will be good, too. How long are they? Uh, I think about an hour. Um, I've heard good things. Let's see. Yeah. I mean, it's, it seems to be good. I, I had to take a quick look and see if they were, if they were all going to be, uh, Lovecraft stories. And I don't think they think are. Three of them are. Yeah. Let's see. Um, there is one by, uh, Panos Cosmatos. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. There's a Lovecraft. There's another one. So dreams in the witch house, Pickman's model and... Um, the indescribable thing, the murmuring. <laughs> no, I was going to uh, say my trip through the thesaurus. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. There's the murmuring. There's the viewing. That word's not obscure enough. I got to find something better. <laughs> I got to use too many of them in one sentence. <laughs> no, it just looks like too indescribable. So, far. so <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> Yeah, so this is new, and it's awesome, so I recommend. Um, and that's it for Recently Watched for me. Uh, so we're going to talk about Barbarian. Yes. Indeed. A 2022 film directed by... I don't by, like new movies. <laughs> you don't, just don't like any movies, do you? I don't. I hate movies. <laughs> Every podcast needs a contrarian. Yeah. Um, this is directed, written and directed by Zach Kreger. And um, stars Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh-huh. <laughs> this one is uh, it's distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion yes. Pictures, which I find really weird that they would get into something this dark. Yeah, <laughs> I'm blessed they did good scary movies back in the day. Yeah, yeah, but lots of kinder trauma from Disney. Oh, sure, yeah, sure. A whole generation scarred by Witch Mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The escape. Well, Vincent Price from... said Snow White was the scariest film he'd ever seen. <laughs> I could believe it as a little kid. Yeah. You see that about four or five? Yeah. <laughs> so, going into this, did either one of you recognize Bill Skarsgård? Not for uh, a 
bit. Right. I knew, I recognized his face, but I couldn't have told you his name until about halfway through. And that was thinking about it. About 10 or 15 minutes of him being on and off the screen, I said, you know what? I'm pausing this and figuring out who the hell this guy is. And it's the guy who played Pennywise yeah. in the new It movies. I thought, who's this guy playing Anthony Perkins? He's <laughs> doing right. a really good job. Yes. That's right. So um, when this one started out, what did you guys think was happening? Well, as I said last uh, episode, um, because the the uh, little blurb on HBO Max says, see it before your friend spoils it. Yeah. I went in thinking, you know, okay, what's the, what's the twist? Mm-hmm. What's, yeah. And so I was thinking, I thought it couldn't obviously be uh, Skarsgård here. He's not the killer. It's too obvious. Mm-hmm. So I thought she would be the killer yes. Yes. and that she would just film it because, and that that was what the documentary they were making was. Okay. And, and uh, Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> Happily. Yeah, it could, it could be that she's on the run from having done something awful. It seemed like she was on the run from a breakup and was looking for work. And um, that yeah. turned out that she was just looking for work and happened to be maybe going through a breakup. Yeah, they seem to be having some sort of problem. Yeah, she's in some sort of relationship where it's not going well. She keeps um, denying the phone call. <clears throat> letting it go to voicemail or whatever. Marcus. Marcus, yeah. And uh there's screaming before she uh before the camera goes through her car window, so it's like she's listening to screaming on a tape or something. Uh I thought that was maybe people under the house, that this would be a kind of people under the stairs yeah. thing. But happily I was wrong. Yeah, Jolene, what were your first impressions? Yeah, I thought she was up to something mm-hmm. because uh, <clears throat> she's like this uh, black woman on her own, turns up and she's ignoring all these red flags. Right. And I thought, are we ex- are we being led to believe that she's really stupid or is she playing this guy? And she's setting him up for something. That's mm. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Uh, turns out we're, she's really stupid. She's really stupid. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, when when we see her trying to get into the Airbnb, and I had this experience in August in Chicago, um, in a neighborhood not far from Midway Airport. Did so Bill Skarsgård answered the door? I wish. At least the door would have gotten <laughs> open before I was devoured by mosquitoes. Oh. It was humid. There were mosquitoes galore. <clears throat> I'm looking at the instructions on my phone, and I'm punching the code in, and it's not working. And I'm punching it in again, and it's not working. And then I realized... Like something, I don't remember what, because I'm trying to swat mosquitoes the whole time. And I finally get this stupid thing open and get the key. And I think maybe I had the key right away and then I couldn't get the key to work because I was trying to open the wrong door. Oh. So the way the house was split up was weird. I had to go through this, what they call the gangway in between houses. I had to go through this door that's in the gangway and then there's two doors inside there and I don't and know which one. you had to go down one. these stairs. <laughs> Dude. I would have rather been in this movie. There's only one little light bulb. (laughs) Yeah. Between the crazies in this movie and and the mosquitoes, I would take the crazies. I'd take my chances with the crazies, honestly. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's weird when you're trying to get into a place and the instructions are either hinky or not working for some reason. Like I've, I've experienced this in a few different cities doing like comic-con type events. Um, My buddy Dustin was like, 
dude getting into this one was weird because he got in a day ahead of me. Had to go to a coffee shop and ask somebody. For, it was it was like trying to find the secret rave. <laughs> <laughs> he had to go to the coffee shop and this person gave him something that he took somewhere else. And then and I had to give somebody a hard-boiled egg or something and then <laughs> right. gave me something else. Oh, man. Yeah. Actually, that sounds kind of fun. I never got to do one of those, but it does sound fun. But this, uh, my thoughts were, okay, we're seeing, we're watching over her shoulder. She is really having troubles. I'm, I'm on board that the character is innocent and she's just trying to get into the damn Airbnb and it's not working. She finally gets that thing open because she's reading it wrong and then there's no key in it. Yeah. There's a dude in there. Okay. Yeah. I think he's up to something when we first meet him, but he seems so kind of caught off guard that I'm thinking, well, maybe he doesn't. Maybe a bad guy double booked it on purpose. Yeah. And that was my next thought. Yeah. So, so, so I was thinking she's up to something because she seems to be, uh, it's like saying something about like uh, white women in horror movies who, who just like do the wrong thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's just a joke. And, and so it's kind of a flip on that. But so she must be doing this deliberately. And then he seemed to know way too much what uh right thing to say to her to get to pull her in uh-huh so he you know he happens to be associated with the jazz groups that she's trying to film so he seemed to be playing her so uh yeah i didn't know what was going on no yeah it was as uh, intense i found the first third of this was really tense it made feeling. me cringe yeah, all my social, uh, you know, um, mores are yeah being violated. You know, you're like people mm. being they're being nice, but there's something else going on. And Is she going to get drugged? There's there, yeah, yeah. There's all this like uh, he's like he's like the guy in Men who's like uh, being all old fashioned and chivalry, but it's actually manipulative and. <laughs> pushing things on her that she doesn't actually want. Yeah. Yes. Like the the wine. Mm-hmm. He kept pushing, oh, well, you know, you didn't want to drink the tea, so I thought I'd open the wine. And yes. It's like, no, why are you going to drink with this fool? You you don't know what his, th- his plans are. No. And then, um, well, they, they decide to both stay there. They kind of warm up to one another, and uh, she takes the bedroom and the door opens. In the middle of the night and you think oh it's him but he's he's asleep so then i thought is it haunted is that, was, that what it's gonna be is it something that was the next thought mm-hmm. but then i think you see something down the hallway you see the door close behind her when she's going mm-hmm. to the front that's right and uh so julian were you thinking haunting at this point uh well this this set me down another train of thought which was um We've seen another movie set in the uh, wastelands of Detroit where uh, people get into a house and there's, a, there's someone in there and there's something going on beneath the house. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Um, don't breathe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I thought, ah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I, looked I up, could see that too. Yeah. I looked up this neighborhood, Brightmoor, and apparently it's a approximately four square mile area of of uh, Detroit uh, near the Northwest border of the city. Um, And 
who knows what it actually looks like, but the next morning when the rain has stopped, that was the most jarring thing so far in the movie was she goes outside and this neighborhood is just completely burnt down, bombed out. And it looked nothing like it did the night before. Right. Yeah. In the pouring rain, you couldn't tell anything, but the house she was in at least looked really nice on the inside, but out there... Wow, yeah. war zone. Yeah, I thought, oh, is this going into some kind of twilight zone territory? Because you've got this, you know, this house which looks all right on the outside and everything else is, you know, post-apocalypse. Yeah. You know, is there some kind of time thing going on here? Exactly, yeah. I thought the same sort of thing. Is there, you know... Yeah. Was she moved in the night or, you know, what's going on here? And the uh, the street is Barbary, mm-hmm. and so barbarian. Does that just refer to one who lives on Barbary? You're a barbarian. Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> so, yeah, she goes to her interview. It seems to go swimmingly well. She's probably got the job, or do they do they say outright that she got the job? I'm trying to it's, remember. I think, they're very excited about seeing her, and yeah, and I think they're they're. She hit it off with the director. I think it was just implied that she was going to get that job. It seemed like it, yeah. I don't know that they say outright, but I don't remember. But upon returning back to the Airbnb, she's chased by the guy who's yelling at her, and you think, oh, there's a crazy guy chasing her. Well, when he started saying, hey, don't go in there, I was like, you should listen to the crazy guy. (laughs) Yeah, He's a harbinger, I mean... Yeah, you don't get harbingers much anymore in new movies, do you? Yeah, he's like harbinger slash Mister Exposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, she um, starts exploring, initially spying on Skarsgård's character, and uh, it's like, oh man, don't dig too deep. I don't want to find out. You know, you're just really kind of starting to cover your eyes at this point, and she finds. She gets into the basement uh-huh. and finds the bloody camcorder and the filthy... Well, f- first she finds a secret passage. Yeah. She goes in the basement and then finds a door, way, or a hallway yeah. hidden behind a, a door. Well, the first thing she does is like uh, she's out of toilet roll, so she goes all the way down the basement and there's a whole pack of them. She only picks out one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I thought maybe he had hid them down there, so... Yes, it knowing was a, she a lure would because it's right down the bottom of the stairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a trap. Yeah, exactly. But it wasn't. So she goes down and finds this snuff movie room. Yeah, yeah. it's just terrible. There was a creepy room like that in my, my uh, last apartment, not last apartment, one before. Um, no camera, but just like a little airless room with a mattress that I guess the old manager like sleeping in there because it was totally dark but i just thought like ooh, that looks like a airless little room to trap someone in mm. uh, yeah when uh, when we were house hunting um this last time i guess maybe it was a time before that well both times you know the, the two most recent house hunting times um there were houses that you you go in and you feel like something bad happened there. Like some Manson family shit went down in that place. And you just walk in and you're like, no, I can't live here. I wouldn't live here. Let's go. Nope. Let's not waste our time looking at this listing. Let's move to the next one. And you know, between what you can tell about the neighbors, 
um, and what you can feel the vibes from a house. And I'm not like that about most things, but trust it if you feel it. If you don't normally feel it, and then you do, trust them. Well, yeah, they didn't list the sex dungeon. <laughs> oh, you wish it was a sex dungeon. It's a murder dungeon. Don't do what this woman does. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, so she leaves the the little room and finds yet another secret passage yes. <laughs> that leads down to these stairs. I, I like that image of the rope in the wall. That was yeah, that was good. Kind of surreal image. Yeah. And... uh she she doesn't go down. She uh, or does she? Well, she she shines the light down there. Yeah, and finds the little room, and then she finds the second door, doesn't she? And it's the stairs, stairs. going down. And I don't think she goes down the stairs. She passes those kennels or whatever they are, those oh, cages. Okay, I and believe. then she sees that video in the room on breastfeeding. But doesn't she say nope to that? I thought and then, she... then later when uh, Keith is, is apparently lost down the yeah okay stairs, that's when she goes down yeah because she doesn't go down the stairs she goes back up and then when Keith comes home uh, and she tells him about it yeah and of course he he first he's like assaulting her it's, it's like legally assault to block block a woman from leaving the room yeah and uh, so so he says he's going to go go down there and look and she stays yeah she ends up hearing keith screaming for help mm-hmm. and then uh she finds him injured and you're just he's like, like something bit me you're like oh then you see the naked deformed woman coming at them and then we cut to uh <laughs> well the, keith gets his head bashed in by yes. her oh that's right yeah while we, she screams at that what is the main character's name uh, Tess. Tess, that's right. Yeah. So we get all that, you know, we're, we're like, okay, well, we're not sure what's up with her, but he's not going to make it. This is horrible. And all of a sudden we're seeing um, California, this actor cruising along in his car, happy as can be. Uh-huh. And uh, he's been fired from a TV series he finds out via the phone. Yeah, from the pilot. And they oh. just shot the pilot. It sounds like it's been picked up, but he's gone because he, well, at first it just sounds like harassment. But then it starts to sound like rape allegations. Yeah, pretty quickly. Some and then he of, pretty much admits yeah, he, it later. Yeah, he says he doesn't think he did himself, but of course he did. Yeah. I yeah. wondered what when he, when he gets, well, he gets fired. So he, uh, and he doesn't have any money really. Right. He had like $30,000. Um, but he has some uh, homes that he, he plans to sell. Right. For money. Because he's going to have to, he's going to have to fight a giant lawsuit. And, you know, best case scenario for him is that he's going to spend some money on lawyers and maybe salvage his career. Truth is, he's probably not going to salvage his career and is going to have to start over without his career which means income properties or income from your properties is going to be all you got if you're this guy. Well, hopefully with today's uh, social media, his life would be completely ruined forever. Yeah, in a post-Weinstein world. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) But we'd probably get over it in six months. 
you know, there's a few of them that have not been able to come back. Yeah. You know, Kevin Spacey has not been able to come back. Um, uh, what's his face? The comedian, um, red haired guy. Uh, yeah. I can't even remember his name. Now. Carrot Top. <laughs> yeah. Carrot Top. top. That would be no, better. Louis. Louis C.K. C.K. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Whose work I really liked. And it was so disappointing finding out that, you know. I don't want it always. People always say this and you always go, yeah, sure. There was something about his jokes, although they were funny. I felt like there was something with him there was some, that uh, made me not like Louis C.K. doing stand-up. As a writer, he was fine. Right. But him delivering his own material always made... Something about him himself made me think, like, mm, I don't like this guy. There's something there. Something threatening under the surface? Not threatening, but something he was hiding Okay, that was unsavory. Okay. Not that he was like a, you know... Uh, Oh, I can't remember. I can't think of anybody, but uh, whatever the guy in England was, crazy old guy who was uh, oh Jimmy Savile. That's it. Yeah, uh, you know, but something like mm, <clears throat> this guy's got you know something in his past. Hmm. Yeah, I never picked up on anything that seemed any more troubled or troubling than any other comedian because as a group. Comedians are usually fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Needing therapy. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them. But uh so um AJ is gonna go back to his house. Yeah. Um, Which is the house. Yeah. We find out. We're like, how is this gonna connect to that? Well, it turns out, you know, he's he's got his agent or whatever on the phone who is property manager. Yeah. He's like, I don't care, kick him out. I'm going to my house. I own it. And he just shows up. And there's stuff inside. Yeah. He's a little... Keith and Tessa's stuff. He's annoyed by this. The laptop. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're expecting something to happen with that, but he just can't get in because... Well, do you know, it's like uh, Tess uses her phone to call hotels, and then after one try, she gets talked out of it. Because he makes up... or he, There's a, a convention. Story about a convention. That's what he says. You yeah. don't know. But he talks her out of using the phone again. Then AJ comes along, picks up her laptop and does one try to get her password and gives up and throws it across the room. I thought, well, he's looked through her case. He's seen she's got Jane Eyre book in there. Her name's Tess. Tried D'Urberville. I bet that was it. <laughs> I wonder what he tried, what he punched in. One, two, three, four. Yeah. Password, password one. Password one. <laughs> My login is password. My password is also password. <laughs> Nobody would ever guess password, password. No. <laughs> Change your name legally to password. Password. Yeah. It doesn't take AJ long to get himself in trouble. Well, what's great is, and I thought this was, this is another twist, I thought. He promptly thinks, I'm going to sell this place. And he finds the secret room and he... he you don't know what he what his reaction is going to be, but he goes and gets a tape measure yes. to, to <laughs> I've measure got extra it out. Square footage, yeah, that was, that was my favorite. And thing. then he runs back upstairs and he types in, "Can you sell? Can you list uh, secret rooms as yes. additional area?" Right, that was my favorite bit. Uh, I like this. This movie is like uh, I felt like a lot of the tension in the first part was carried by the music and the uh, you know it wasn't so much in the direction is like the performances the music and the situation um 
but the comedic timing in this film is excellent. Yes. Uh, like so, he he's very he's just going further and further into this hellish underground with his tape measure. And I thought that maybe the twist would then be uh, something about gentrification. Yes, and uh, you know, like he's the real evil moving in, uh-huh. and he'd kick all the basement dwellers out. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, imagine if this was a black comedy and he was just fine. Yeah. He, he finds the cellar witch or whatever. And, and he just, just kicks like, her out in yeah. the street, has her hauled away by the cops. And then he, he sells his place. And, you know, pretty soon everybody's digging, you know, creepy tunnels for, you know, Zoomers or whatever, buying houses and not buying houses. Yeah, it just gentrifies the block. And uh, yeah. And all the spookies have to move out. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've been true. haunting that place since yeah, the they're teens. All, they're all coming out of the various tunnel entrances. <laughs> yeah, we we got a um, a night out where AJ meets up with his friend. Yeah, <clears throat> that's kind of where he blurts out his played by the director apparently. Yeah, yeah. I wondered what his friend really thought of that story. Yeah, yeah. Like, who's gonna really believe that? Well, um, <clears throat> he. I mean. He tried to, I guess, justify it in some way or, you know, rationalize it. Yeah. But it was not even, no. <laughs> it was not good. It wasn't any sort of cover. It was basically like, well, I raped her, but it wasn't really rape. Yeah, I, I'm pushy about everything. Oh, yeah. Get what I want, you know. <laughs> I imagine his friend taking a step back and going, shit, I forgot I had anything else to do right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty creepy. Yeah. So, and then you're like, well, obviously they've set this dude up to die. Yeah, I was, I was, so I'm rooting for the Cellar Witch at this point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You you pretty much want uh, Tess to get away and AJ to get killed. Yeah. And everyone lives happily ever after. Well, you don't know at this point if Tess is still alive even. <clears throat> no. Well, yeah, we that has not been revealed. But That's then right. he, he gets dumped in a hole and something drops the, the uh, cage over him. Yeah. And then he sees, he starts screaming and Tess comes out of the shadow and she's like, shut up, shut up. Drink the bottle. Yeah. Then it comes back and gives him the bottle. Milk bowl <laughs> with hair on the end. Oh. Hair on the nipple. <laughs> it was just so creepy. Oh, it's so perfect. You know, And the... she's just the cellar witch as there's the other barbarian thing because she just goes bah, 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 bah the whole time. Now, if if they had just faded, you know, faded to black with him screaming and started rolling credits, yeah, how would that ending have worked? Would that have been okay? Mm, <clears throat> no, I don't think that's enough. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that would feel very uh, two thousand and six. Yeah, it'd feel a little anticlimactic, but not in a yeah in a good way. Yeah, lopping the movie off like that seems to finally have gone out of favor. Yeah. You know, if they had gotten out of, you know, if the movie had gone this way and they'd gotten out of the basement and then something got them, yeah, I'd be okay with that as an ending. Uh, but just to stop right there, I don't think is enough. Now, was the best, the best earlier movie, horror movie, for doing the somebody's gonna escape somebody's maybe home free and then get snatched and dragged back in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1974 when Leatherface 
grabs a woman and drags her back in the house. Yeah, that's early in the movie, though. Yeah, but I mean, like, as as far as movies earlier, you know, from earlier years, where, where you think someone's going to get away and they... going to escape, gets grabbed back up. Mm, yeah, I guess that would be. That's one of the earlier ones, isn't it? I mean, there's always been twist endings, you know, like Ben getting shot in um, Night of Living Dead. Twist medals when uh, Marion Crane gets killed. <laughs> and you think, what the hell is this movie about now? Yeah, twists at the 20-minute point in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's something to be said for, you know, letting the viewers think that you're protagonist or at least somebody you sympathize with is going to get away. Yeah. And then they don't. Or you think that that is the protagonist and then they get killed and you move on to another protagonist. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's, there's like not the living dead where he, he makes it through to the end. And, yeah. yeah. And gets it right between the eyes. The cavalry turns up and he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. That one is just, which kind of happens in this one. Cause, uh, oh, the police come along. Well, Jason, or what's his name? AJ. AJ uh, finds a gun. Yes. Because we, we learned the secret of the house. Mm-hmm. There used to be a guy who lived there who kidnapped women and put them down there. Yeah. Well, from his video collection, it didn't look like it was just women, but people. Yeah. But, but it's also a functioning Airbnb in the middle of this neighborhood. Yeah, now. I'm not sure how that worked. <laughs> AJ bought the house cheap and fixed it up. I don't know. Now, one, one thing I'll say about Airbnb is if you don't already know a city or a town uh, and you're going to go, oh, well, this one's not a bad price. It's 80 bucks a night, you know, and the n- nearest Closest price is over a hundred bucks in the hotel. Look, it's meth dealer adjacent. Right. <laughs> so the best thing to do is look at it on Google street view and cruise around the blocks in the area around it and just see if it looks like this neighborhood yeah. all bombed out. And... I, I don't, I don't know what was protecting this house because everything else is like burned and graffitied. And... Yeah. Oh, I, well, I figured that there was that other than that one crazy guy, nobody bothered going there anymore because it had been so trashed already there was no reason to go there yeah but i was i was like thinking along the lines of uh there's this warren of tunnels there's like there's this community down there of yeah cellar dwellers exactly they've got this this place is the lure Ooh, okay i see but there's tunnels under the whole neighborhood hmm so they could pop maybe the sequel they could pop up anywhere yes how tempting is it going to be for them to want to make a sequel? Well, they made a sequel to Don't Breathe. Ugh, and yeah. they made the guy the hero. <laughs> the, the guy who you find out has just an awful hobby. Yeah, he, he's another in those Detroit Underground Breeding Program. People. Yeah. So weird. Detroit Underground Breeding Program. <laughs> I'm sure you could make a better acronym than that. <laughs> I'm thinking of a t-shirt. so at this point okay tess does escape she meets the harbinger he he, well first uh aj finds a gun yeah after the uh the original homeowner 
kills himself. Yeah. Um, and then he shoots Tess, which you kind of saw coming. Yeah. Um, so she goes back in because the police won't help her. Yes, because she looks nuts. I mean, yeah, she tries. Did, did, you, did you buy that, though, that the police would turn up and there's this woman in distress and she's, she seems quite articulate? And, yes. But they just dismiss her as a crackhead. And, yes, because it happens. You know, uh, especially a black woman. Yeah. She shows up. She's wandering around that neighborhood. Uh, yeah, you're going to think she's nuts. Yeah, cops aren't going to believe anything she says. No. Which is really a statement that maybe the movie needed to make, you know, in no uncertain terms. Like, this wasn't going to go any other way for her with those cops. Yeah. Even though any one of us would look at her and say, well, clearly she's got all of her teeth. She doesn't look gaunt. Um, She looks like she just escaped from some trauma. Listen to her story. Or listen to anyone's story. It won't take long yeah, to figure just, out if they're out of their head. take her somewhere. Don't leave her there. Yeah. But they get a call and they take off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see you later. That felt like probably one of the realest moments in the movie that had quite a few contrivances mm-hmm. that I was willing to overlook. Just about all of them because I was really wrapped up in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I find that I'm more forgiving in horror movies for contrivances than, you know, if this had been a drama or something. Yeah. Yeah, dramas, uh, some, yeah. I, I, I just can't abide a lot of their tropes. But uh, horror movies, you know, it's like, I'll put up with some tropes as long as they start delivering on, you know, something of a more intelligent level. Because we've seen a lot of crap. In fact, yeah, trying to watch 31 days, you know, 31 <laughs> horror movies in 31 days. Um, some Something bad's going to get in there, no matter how hard you try, unless you're just watching stuff you already know, that you've already vetted. I always try to watch all new stuff, and yeah, you end up with like maybe three or four that are pretty good. And One prob- or two that are passable, and then a the whole rest of the month is just straight up garbage at least a lot whether of it. or not it's enjoyable garbage <laughs> yeah it could be garbage and be fun sure yeah you know i watched orgy of the dead oh yes you know that was that's wonderful yeah it's wonderful garbage it's <laughs> okay little little sidebar here about that is criswell drugged up or drunk <laughs> He just he's just sort of slumping and his eyes oh, look I expect everyone in that movie was stoned out of their minds. <laughs> Something was going on. Everybody was drunk then. It it kind of seemed like somebody went down to the local burlesque slash strip club. Yes. And said, Okay, ladies, I'm casting a movie. There you go. I need six or eight of you. Show up here tomorrow and I'll give you twenty dollars. Yeah. And a sandwich. We'll work on the script when we get there. Don't worry. Don't yeah. worry. We're still writing the script. <laughs> I mean, Criswell, he makes he, his whole career is based on making up stuff, <laughs> right? <laughs> making up crazy stuff. It's got to do something to your head. Yeah. So it's an Ed Wood movie, but someone else directed it. Yeah, Stephen Apostolov. Yeah, Ed Wood wrote it, and he wrote yeah. the novelization. That really needed a novelization. <laughs> oh, he wrote a lot of smutty novels oh that's true that's true the best 
part about that is that he would give them out as Christmas presents <laughs> to people. Most people would hide that, but he probably had them put his name on the cover and he gave them out like it was a great piece of literature he wrote. Uh, he was blissfully unaware, wasn't uh -huh. he? He had a giant list of like synonyms for for cock. <laughs> just, you know, he you can only write that so many times. He wanted to mix it up. Yeah. But he did do a movie called The Sinister Urge where it's like a condemnation of these filthy, disgusting pornography peddlers. Oh, yeah. 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 Who lurk around Hollywood. Ed? Strangle people. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. The Sinister Urge. That's what I call it when the dogs need to go outside. The Sinister Urge. Yeah. Oh, okay. Where, where'd we leave off? Um, um, we're up to the, the next big twist, I think. Yeah, Tess was disbelieved. And so she goes back because she's going to help AJ. Yeah. Because she can't just leave him down there. Right. So she props the door open again and heads on down. Um, and that's when he shoots her. <sighs> yeah. It's not a fatal wound, best we can tell. No. I mean, as long as she gets to a hospital at some point. It didn't even look like it went through. It wasn't a through and through? No, it looked like it just lodged in her side. Yeah. Which would be pretty awful. Yeah, I think getting shot would be awful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, one of the people at the art supply store said his brother got shot. And I was like, what did he, did he say how it felt? It's like, it was like getting punched, but. The hit never stopped. Mm. Uh, and it was hot. I bet. Okay. And his brother had also been stabbed. Oh, you know. I was like, what was that like? And he's like, it hurt. He said it hurt a lot, but getting shot was worse. Uh, Is he going to try anything else? I don't know. Strangling, maybe? Perhaps. I got strangled once. Yeah, not a lot of fun. Yeah. It can be fun in the right circumstances. It was but... better than the flames, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Being burnt alive sucks. <laughs> <laughs> God. All right. So uh, uh, Tess gets shot because AJ's a dumbass. And then uh, what happens after well, that? Uh, they stagger outside. Yeah. <clears throat> Before that, though, she runs over the, the uh, cellar witch who comes up. Yeah. And... Pins her to the house, but evidently cellar witches are immortal or well, pretty darn strong. Resilient, at least. Yeah. Sure. Um, they got that drive. But yeah. In the meantime, we've gone back to 1980-ish. Yeah. With the, with the fellow who's been capturing people. Yeah. And we watch him and everybody's moving out. Because they closed down the plant or something. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not moving. I'm never moving. Too many secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can't move all those people. Yeah. Um, so we, we get that. And then the and then the two escape and meet up with the previously screaming, yelling man. Mm -hmm. That's where this happens, where uh, Andre, the homeless man, um, he... Does the exposition dump that explains everything. And, uh, and they ask him why he's safe. Yeah. He, and he points out there's a border that the cellar witch won't pass. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's never come in here before. 
And then she comes right in. <laughs> I've been living here 15 years. It <laughs> breaks through the wall and kills him. Yeah. Beats him to death with his own arm. With a giant jug of Kool-Aid. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, ripping someone's arm off and beating them with it. Man, that was a big threat back in the 70s. It was. Yeah. People were always saying that. I think Jason does that, doesn't he, in part six? Something like Rip that. Rip someone's arm off and beats them with it. <laughs> yeah. And that's something that you would hear people say, but no one ever did it. And then you finally get to see it happen in a movie. Yes. Yeah, I like that. And uh, so AJ and Tess get away and they head up on, they make the dumbest mistake that every <laughs> stupid horror movie victim does. They go upstairs when they should probably run. Yep. Down the street. Yep. Don't ever go upstairs where you can't get away. No. And uh, AJ proves that he is a really good guy. <laughs> and he proceeds to shove Tess off the side. Yeah. And it makes you wish that he had never gotten rescued. He well, he he does die in a glorious way. Yes. When she sticks her thumbs in his eyes and lots of goo came out and I went, oh, Fulci would be proud. Yeah. And he pulls his skull apart. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, so great. Yeah. But I wish I hadn't done that shot where they're, they're falling down towards the camera. No, in the slow motion. I didn't like that either. Yeah. Um, maybe if they, if he had pushed both of them off, I was hoping for a second that that was what was going through his mind and that it would click back and he does something else. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Would, you know, maybe it's better that he did the wrong thing because it really cements it that his character is just loathsome and awful. Well, I do like that part where he's he's there earlier when they're in the cellar and he's like, I don't know if I'm a bad person. Mm-hmm. Or a good person that did a bad thing, and then you find out at the end, no, you're yeah, just an all-around asshole. You're a really bad guy who doesn't like to think of himself that way. Yeah, like I imagine a lot of bad people do. Mm-hmm. Now, that wraps it up nicely, doesn't it? Uh-huh. You know, he gets he gets his comeuppance. Um, does she survive? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, she, yeah. Uh, she yeah. somehow... Even though she fell down <clears throat> first, she's on top Physics of the... Physics don't work in horror <laughs> movies. Which and, uh, and and uh, so she survived, <laughs> She somehow survived. <laughs> but the witch survived too. Yeah. Hmm. So he... Yeah, he comes down and uh, picks and he, up his gun again and... Yeah. And he sees that Tess is alive and he's like, oh my God. And he makes up some lie that... Yeah, he's trying to tell her what happens he while she's still growing. bumped... What happened I bumped was... you and yeah, and <clears throat> I just you know, mm. I had to get away. Yes, it's like, and yeah. then he gets killed in a glorious, glorious way. Yeah, and, and then she, and then she realizes that she's going to be dragged back to the house, and so she shoots. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, see, I watched this one about a week ago, and I really was hoping to, to do a rewatch just before we recorded because man what a good movie and apparently um the box office says so as well because this had a 4.5 million dollar budget um it's pretty miraculous they made this movie on just 4.5 million 
but the box office was forty three point five million. So it um, almost made ten times the expenditure. You know, return on investment was real big. Uh, I want more like this. Like, how hard is it to just make something good? Another uh, comedian who's gone into directing the horror movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Like, there's there's the timing. Jordan Peele. Yeah, yeah. The, the timing is just about the same. Yeah, I mean they call them gags. Right. A, there's a setup so, and a knockdown. Yeah. And if the timing's just right, it should function the same. Yeah. Um, What's wild is I have not seen this movie spoiled yet. Really? No one's, yeah, no one's I've slabbed? Seen sev- I've been through several threads on Reddit about this movie, and people are like, oh, my God, it's so good. Nobody spoils it, mm-hmm. which I'm really yeah, surprised. Even the trailer, even the advertising. I didn't watch any of that because I'm... Yeah, I, I didn't either, but appara- uh, apparently the, the, they didn't spoil it either. So terrified of trailers now. Yes. Because they just ruin everything. Yeah, the entire story. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I don't need to see that no. now. I saw the better version. It was you know, <laughs> like two minutes long. That's all I need. <laughs> Stephen Colbert used to do that on The Daily Show a long, long time ago. He had movie trailer reviews. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all he needed to see. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, recommends? Yeah, the recommends. Julian? Yes. No caveats at all. Uh, I don't. I don't love it. Uh, I think it's. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it, but um, yeah, I, I I didn't feel it didn't work as a horror movie for me. No, mm. not a, not as a horror movie exactly. Didn't scare me. No. Okay, so a thriller. Yeah, I, <laughs> there's so she was made to do so many stupid things for the sake of the plot that I lost. I, I I didn't root for her. Yeah. The, and then there's then the AJ comes along and you certainly don't root for him. No. So uh uh yeah, I wasn't I didn't care about the characters really. Yeah, and and we we lose Keith so early in the movie that you don't really have to really consider him so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but yeah. comedically I like that he was this kind of Norman based sort of guy yeah. and he's even yeah. got a mother in the sailor. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the, the black comedy of it. Yeah. Uh, Will, how about you? Uh, no, don't <laughs> recommend it. Yeah, I recommend it. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I didn't mind the characters so much. They were okay. But, uh, some of the, uh, near the end, it felt like, oh, the plot contrivance is really piling on. <laughs> yeah. But at that point... I had had enough fun with it yes. that I could just coast. And I, I always remind myself, like, this would normally happen in, in an Italian horror movie. <laughs> They'd go to some house where creepy people are, and they're obviously murderers or uh-huh. vampires or something. Oh, yeah, we'll stay the night. Sure. <laughs> yeah, why not? You know, our car broke down, but we're okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. And they'll serve them dinner with the silver platters and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, this did remind me of an X Files episode called Home. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And With the uh, inbred hillbillies. Yeah. And uh, the mom was living under the floorboards, I think, to avoid arrest. Well, or... what's, what's with all the emaciated old ladies in horror movies of this century? I don't know, but what's, that does make a good point. What's with that? What's going on in the millennial mind? There's they all this saw fear of aged people and oh, especially it's... aged women. They're they for, saw The Shining. 
and the hag in the bathroom really scared oh, that him. that was the kinder trauma? Yeah. Maybe. No, I think there's some fear terrible of, ageism. There's the fear, fear there. of the boomers. Yeah. That's got to be what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sins of the boomers. Yeah, that must be it. Um, I also recommend this one. Um, I don't, I don't feel like it is the, um, the most horrifying horror movie. I agree that it's not, I won't say it doesn't work as a horror movie for me cause it does, but it, but it does have a foot in the world of quote unquote thrillers as people like to call them when they don't want to admit that they're horror movies. <laughs> it does seem to have a foot in that world. Um, major complaint about this movie is that they could have told us nothing about the weirdos in the basement mm-hmm. or ever let them get out. And it would have been like, oh, they're still down there. They're still doing stuff. And these people narrowly escaped and no one believes them except for that homeless guy who no one believes him. So yeah, that could have been interesting, but it's, but it's nice that it's not like, Oh, we're just setting up a sequel. <laughs> well, yeah. you would be wondering that if they didn't kill off the cellar, witch. so yeah, I'm, I'm glad they did, but they, they could have left more things ambiguous and not explained any of it. And it would have been great. Mm-hmm. And you really didn't need a big tunnel system. It could have just been like a hallway in a creepy room. I think the tunnel system was to kind of explain, uh, I think it was kind of explain if he had kept several people, they'd need more room. Okay. Cause they say something about, Oh, he's been breeding and, and breeding with those and then breeding with their children and mm. yeah, just years of fucked upness going on in that house. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I, I give it a recommend either way. Yeah. Strong recommend. I don't know about the rewatchability, but it'd be fun to watch with people who hadn't seen it yes. and didn't know the, the twist. <laughs> Just kind of side eye everybody. And uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy the reactions. You, know, if you got a whole room of people who hadn't seen it. It'd be a lot of fun. Yes. For sure. All right. Well, shall we call it a show? Let's call mm-hmm. it a show. All right. Listeners, thank you for listening. Stay out of Detroit. 